Hi, everybody. Interested in prophecy? This is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. I want to show you something that I've learned today. In the book of Revelation, the word kingdom is only in there five places. There are 22 chapters in Revelation, and it's only mentioned five places. Hmm. The word kingdom and the word heaven are two different words completely. However, is it the purpose of Christendom, all of Christianity, to go to heaven when they die? We've been studying the word heaven for the past two episodes. This is the third in this series. By the way, happy December 25th. What? You didn't say Merry Christmas? Well, <laughs> it's hard to avoid saying Merry Christmas back when somebody wishes you Happy Christmas or Merry Christmas. So I do. I say Merry Christmas. I want them to be merry on Christmas. Now, Christmas is a Catholic holiday. It's a Catholic holiday. Mass is uh, a Catholic name. It's a word that means a gathering or something like that. Now, Christmas, or, or it could be a birth, a birth. So Christ's birth, Christmas, Christmas. However, is it a Christian holiday? Where in Scripture did Jesus tell us to observe his birth? Nowhere. And we can go to Luke 2 and read his quote-unquote advent or his coming, read about it, and we can do that. So maybe I will. But let's finish this point about the word kingdom in the book of Revelation first. Revelation 1.9, in tribulation and in the kingdom. You don't get much out of this. This is reading just from Strong's Concordance. They give you a little blurb about the word where it's found and give you some key words so you know basically which one to choose to go look up. Revelation 12.10, the kingdom of our God and the power of Revelation 16.10, his kingdom was full of darkness. Now, this isn't talking about God's kingdom. Revelation 17.12, which have received no kingdom as yet. Revelation 17.17, give their kingdom unto the beast. Hmm. Then kingdoms, the kingdoms of this world are become, and that's uh, Revelation 11.15, and it's in there twice, are become the, become the kingdom of our Lord. So I want to go there and start there and read that. To me, it's one or the other, heaven or the kingdom of God coming here. Now, in Revelation eleven fifteen, we read this. 
Well, let's see. I guess we'll back up to 13. That same hour, there was a great earthquake in the 10th part of the city. That's the city of Jerusalem in verse um, 8. And the 10th part of the city fell, and in the earthquake were slain of men 7,000. And the remnant, or the remainder, were affrighted. This is King James language scared, and gave glory to God, the God of heaven. The second woe is past, and behold, the third woe, woe is coming quickly. Verse 15, And the seventh angel sounded, and there, was a, there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord. Now, the, the word the kingdoms is italicized, meaning it's not there in the original. So it should read like this. The kingdoms of this world are become of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Unquote. See, Jesus is returning here to live not just to siphon off his followers and take them up to heaven in a rapture while the rest of the earth burns, fries, kills everybody, or becomes hell or something. Who knows? But it's not real. In verse 16, he says this, And the four and twenty elders which sat before God and or upon their throne their seats fell upon their faces and worshiped god saying we give you thanks o lord god almighty which are and were and are to come and the asv by the way omits the words and are to come because you have taken to yourself your great power and have reigned the nations were angry, verse 18, and your wrath is come in the time of the dead or of the nations that they should be judged and that you should give reward unto your servants, the prophets, and to the saints and to them that fear your name, great and small, and should destroy them which destroy the earth. And the temple of God was opened in heaven, and there were was seen in his temple the ark of the testament or the covenant, and there were lightnings and voices and thunderings and a great earthquake, and great hail, or I'm sorry, an an earthquake, and great hail. Chapter twelve, verse one, and there appeared a great wonder in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. Now that's Israel as far as I'm concerned. It's the family of Israel. And she being with child, that is Jesus is the child, that's apropos for Christmas, travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, 
And behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and seven crowns upon his heads. And he threw, uh, or I'm sorry, and his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven. Now this would be Satan the devil. And uh, drew the third part of the stars of heaven, to me would represent or mean the angels of heaven. A third of the angels came down to earth with him and cast them into the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which is ready to be delivered. The woman is Israel. And she's about to give birth to the Christ, her son. For to devour the child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a child, a man-child, who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. See, we're not going to heaven to reign or bask in the clouds or be retired forever. No, 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 no. There's work to be done. Why would we want to just slough off? And the woman, let's see, wait a minute. I skipped a verse here. And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God after his crucifixion and to his throne. And the woman, Israel, fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared of God that they should feed her there a thousand, two hundred, and threescore days. That's three and a half years. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought in his angels, but prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon, which was cast out, that old serpent, called the devil and Satan, the adversary, which deceives the whole world, was cast out into the earth, and his angels cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power or authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before God day and night. And the saints overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives even unto the death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and them that dwell therein. And woe be to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is now come down to you, having great wrath, because he knows he has but a short time. And when the dragon saw that he was cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child, Israel. And to the woman, Israel, were given the two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place, where she will be nourished for a time, time, and half a times. Another short version of saying uh, the what we just read in verse 6, 
1,203 score days. So, back up to uh, verse 15. And the serpent cast out of his mouth as a flood of, well, we don't know, cast out of his mouth water as a flood. Now, some people think and believe that this is referring to armies instead of water, a flood of armies after the woman. And I believe there's some credence to that, by the way that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped the woman and opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. And the dragon was wroth, or angry, with the woman Israel and went to make war with the remnant of her seed. Now the remnant, I believe, is the church the Christian church, the righteous ones, the believers and the ones who hold to the testimony of Jesus, which is what he says next. Make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. What are the, these commandments of God? Well, they're found in Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5. You shall have no other gods before the true God. You shall not make unto yourself a graven image to bow down to. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Honor your father and mother. You shall do no murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal you shall not lie, and you shall not covet what doesn't belong or pertain to you. Those are the Ten Commandments. I suggest that we all memorize those in short form so that you can say them to others and teach them to your children and anybody else. But they are important. They are the path to life and peace. And that's what we all long for and need and want and desire. So, I wanted to take you also to a couple other places in Scripture. Revelation, by the way, is very worthwhile studying. It's a beautiful book. It's an amazing book, really. Quite a lot of revealing is going on there. The whole Bible is full of revelation, really. And you can find bits and pieces of it in Genesis and every other book. It's really quite remarkable. Now I want to take you to Jeremiah chapter 51. Chapter 51 is a very amazing book as well. It's a book condemning Babylon. Chaldea, which is in the region of Iraq. The Medes and the Persians were the Iranians, just across the mountain range there between them. But anyway, here's what he says in chapter 51 of Jeremiah. 
Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will raise up Babylon. Now you might want to think, what does this have to do with prophecy, and what does it have to do with heaven and the kingdom? I'm going to hope to try to uh, build my case here. Behold, I will raise up against Babylon and against them that dwell in the midst of them that raise up against me. This is God, the Lord. Thus says the Lord. This is Jehovah we're talking about here. I will raise up against Babylon and against them that dwell in the midst of them that raise up against me a destroying wind. They, Jesus and God, they don't like they don't like it when people raise up against them and, and become rebellious. And I will send unto Babylon fanners or strangers that will fan her and shall empty her land. For in the day of trouble they, have, they shall be against her all around them. And against him that bends the bow, I think, let another archer bend his bow against him that lifts up himself. In verse 5, he says, For Israel has not been forsaken, nor Judah by his God, the Lord of hosts, though their land was filled with sin against the Holy One of Israel. Flee out of the midst of Babylon and deliver every man his life. Be not cut off in her iniquity, for this is the time of the Lord's vengeance, and he will render unto her a just recompense. Babylon has been a golden cup in the Lord's hand that made all the earth drunken, the nations have drunken of her wine, and therefore the nations have gone mad. Babylon is suddenly fallen and destroyed. Howl for her. Take balm for her pain, if so that she might be healed. We would have um, healed Babylon, but she is not healed. So forsake her, and let us go every one into his own country. For her judgment reaches unto heaven, and is lifted up even to the skies. Now, what have they done to deserve this fate which we're talking about here? Well, they've had another god before the true god. An idol. And they worshipped that idol. Now, who does that on earth more than the Muslims? No one. They worship the kava, or the stone, which supposedly fell from heaven, and they are commanded to go to Mecca every, uh, well, at least once in their lifetime to go around this um, big stone. <clears throat> it's actually a little meteor, but um, anyway. Research that. Study into Islam Read books about it and find out why they go around and around this thing in kind of a counterclockwise uh, motion uh, 
thousands of men there, and they kiss this stone. And, uh, wow, I mean, this is a, a way of worshiping an idol. It's the moon god, and uh, it's also called Baal. Baal. So, I'm going to skip a little of this because we're running short on time here. But there are a couple of things I wanted to point out in chapter 51 of Jeremiah. Verse 17, Every man is brutish and is without knowledge. Every founder or goldsmith is confounded or put to shame by his own graven image, for his molten image is falsehood, and there is no breath in them. You are my battle axe, he says in um, verse 20. He says in 19 that the portion of Jacob, that is Israel, is not like them, for he is the former of all things, and Israel is the tribe or rod of his inheritance. The Lord of hosts is who we're talking about. Verse 20, You are my battle axe and the weapons of war, for with you I will break in pieces the nations, with you I will destroy kingdoms. I will destroy and break horse and rider, chariot and his rider, the woman and the man, or the man and the woman. And with you I will break in pieces old and young. With you I will break in pieces the young man and the maid. I will break in pieces the shepherd and his flock. And with you I will break in pieces the husbandman and his yoke of oxen. With you I will break in pieces captains and rulers. And I will render unto Babylon, and I put in the margin Esau, and the inhabitants of Chaldea, all of the, their evil that they have done in Zion, or Jacob, in your sight, says the Lord. And you can uh, turn to Matthew twenty-four thirty-eight through 42 and read Jesus' own words in the Olivet Prophecy. But he says, I am against you, in verse 25. O destroying mountain, says the Lord, which destroys all the earth. Verse 28. Prepare against her um, the nations with the kings of the Medes, that's Iran, and the captains thereof, and all the rulers thereof, and all the land of his dominion. And the land shall tremble in sorrow. For every purpose the Lord shall be, of the Lord shall be performed against Babylon to make the land of Babylon a desolation and without an inhabitant. No one's going to live there anymore. The mighty men of Babylon have forborne to fight. They have remained in their holds. In other words, they're scared, and they hole up. Their might has failed. They have become like women, and they have burned her dwelling places. That's significant. Read Isaiah chapter 34. 
that is a very powerful one as well. But uh, let's go down to uh, verse 32. And that passage, that the passages are stopped up or seized, and the reeds have burned, they have burned with fire, and the men of war are scared. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, the daughter of Babylon, is like a threshing floor. It is time to thresh her. And in the uh, parentheses, it says, at the time when it is trodden. Yet a little while, and the time of her harvest shall come. Dropping down to verse 37. And Babylon shall become heaps. Huh, that sounds like Isaiah 17, verse 1, talking about Damascus. Shall no longer be a city, it shall be a bunch of ruins. That's exactly what it's becoming today. Wow. Babylon shall become heaps, a dwelling place for dragons, for serpents, and an astonishment and an hissing without an inhabitant. And hissing, what does he mean by that? What happens when you pour water on a fire? You get this hissing sound. Verse 39. This is a one I wanted to point out. In their heat, I will make their feasts, and I will make them drunken, that they may rejoice and then sleep a perpetual sleep and not wake, says the Lord. God's going to kill them. Jesus, when he returns, will kill people. Wow. How Shishak is taken. How the praise of the whole earth is surprised. How Babylon has become an astonishment, a desolation among nations. The sea is come up upon Babylon. Huh. The sea is come upon Iraq? Wow. She is covered with the multitude of her waves, of the waves thereof. Her cities are a desolation, a dry land, and a wilderness. A land where no man dwells, neither does any son of man pass thereby. And I will punish Bel, sounds like Baal, only it's B-E-L, in Babylon, and I will bring forth out of his mouth that which he swallowed. And the nations shall not flow together any more unto him. Yes, the wall of Babylon shall fall. Verse 49, oh wait, verse 48. Then the heaven and the earth and all that is therein shall sing for Babylon, for the spoilers shall come unto her from the north. Turkey, maybe, yeah, says the Lord. As Babylon has caused the slain of Israel to fall, so at Babylon shall fall all the slain of the earth. He's going to annihilate the entire Islam population, those that worship 
a false god. This Baal, that's who he's talking about. These Baal worshippers. You that have escaped the sword, go away. Stand on, don't stand still, run. <laughs> uh, he doesn't say run, but he says, do not stand still. Stand not still. Remember the Lord afar off and let Jerusalem come into your mind. And this is where Jesus will come. He comes to Jerusalem. His feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives. Verse 51, we are confounded because we have heard this reproach. Shame has covered our faces, for strangers are come into the sanctuaries of the Lord's house. Why would there be war in Jerusalem? Well, because strangers, idol worshippers, have come into the temple of God. So, behold, the days come, says the Lord, I will do judgment upon her graven images, and through all her land the wounded shall groan. Though Babylon should mount up to heaven, verse 53, and though she fortify the height of her strength, Yet from me shall spoilers come unto her. The sound of a cry comes from Babylon, great destruction in the land of the Chaldeans, because the Lord has spoiled Babylon and destroyed her out of um, destroyed out of her the great voice, you know, that spoke so boldly and bravely. When her waves do roar like mighty waters or great waters, a noise, the noise of their voice is uttered. Because the spoiler came upon her, even upon Babylon, and her mighty men are taken, every one of their bows is broken, for the Lord of recompenses shall surely requite. Get verse 57. This is more specific. And I will make drunk her princes, and her wise men, her captains, her rulers, her mighty men, and they shall sleep a perpetual sleep, and not wake, says the king, whose name is the Lord of hosts. Unquote. In verse 64 he says this, And you shall say, Thus shall Babylon sink, you sink when you go down into the water and not rise from the evil that I will bring upon her and they shall be weary trying to put out the fire or maybe tread water. Yeah. Thus far are the words of Jeremiah and that's the end of chapter 51 but it's very revealing. Now what does it have to do with heaven? Well, We've got this mistaken idea that we're going to go to heaven when we die. And we're going to have white robes to wear, whoop-de-doo, right? A halo overhead, wings out the back, and we'll just roll around heaven all day for all eternity. I've also heard this myth that there's going to be a perpetual church service as if that were bringing God some kind of joy. But no. If you study the word kingdom and you study the word heaven, that's a big study, true. 
yes, indeed. But you will find that the kingdoms of the world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign on the earth forever and ever. Now, we're not going to heaven, at least not now, maybe later on after the thousand-year reign is over, and we're ready to go out and colonize other planets, that's what the heavens are out there for. They were meant to be inhabited. Did you ever entertain that idea? God has a lot more up his sleeve than we ever gave him credit for. No, it's not going to be a church service where you're on your knees uh, singing praises to God with your butt in the air and your face toward the ground. No, 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 no. But get this, in chapter um, 45 and verse 18, God says this, For thus says the Lord, Jehovah, the one that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth also. He made it, he established it all, and I added the word all, and created it not in vain, for he formed it to be inhabited. I am Jehovah, and there is none else. Well, you can also go to Isaiah 51, verse 16, and Isaiah 40, verse 22. He talks about heaven being a place to dwell in. The stars have planets circulating around them, just like our sun has planets circulating around them. And they were meant to be inhabited. And one day they will be. The earth will not be the only place wherein dwells righteousness. Did you ever see that before? And this will be the last scripture of the day. By the way, Merry Christmas. Uh, even though it's pagan to the core, it still keeps the name out there, the name of Christ out there. But Second Peter 3, and verse, starting in verse 12 and 13, here's what we read. Looking for and hasting, or hastening, the day, um, the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire... Um, shall be dissolved. Actually, it could also mean covered with smoke. And the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Well, that's what happens when they uh, try to burn the oil fields and they burn at thousands of degrees of temperature. It'll melt sand. It only takes a couple thousand uh, degrees to turn sand into glass. Verse 13, Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heavens and a new earth wherein dwells righteousness. A new heavens and a new earth where something dwells. In order for something to dwell, there has to be a living being out there. There has to be human beings for it to dwell in, this righteousness. And so, that's what is exactly what God's got in mind. You can go to my website, itellwhy.com, 
or jesusiswhy.com. Take it to the same place. You can read my books about heaven and about the future that awaits for you and the world. There will be a restoration, the restoration of planet Earth. Well, until next time, this is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. We'll talk again about these things. But again, Merry Christmas.